members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of the other ground live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is July the 29th. It is a Wednesday, which means this week is officially more than halfway over. Except for weird people like Jay who don't work Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, unfortunately, this is my Monday, uh, which is not that bad, actually. I did not have a bad day at all. I see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. Always glad to see you guys here. Uh, how'd your day go, Ryan? Uh, it was a day. I made it here on time. So let's uh, let's accept the small wins. <laughs> I had a fantastic day. Uh, I was glad to be back to work. I found lately I'm getting bored on my days off. Uh, I think I need new interests for hobbies, video games and shit like that's not really cutting it for me. And I read too fast to just read books for uh, for fun because it's too expensive. Why can I go through a book a day when I'm doing that shit? Uh, and work was fantastic. No issues at all. And my stomach didn't really bother me. So it's a great day. <laughs> So, hooray uh, you, Jay. yeah, hooray me, motherfucker. I mean, seriously, I'm it's this is like two days in a row that my stomach hasn't hurt. And I'm really happy about it. I'm starting to think that I actually figured out what my problem was, which, you know, knock on wood would be a great thing. I'd love to be able to cancel my doctor appointment with the uh, gut doctor because, yeah, because if I figured out why it's having the issues again, well, then I don't need to go see him. Uh, relatively, that's actually relatively speaking. It's one of those teleconference things. Anyways, you don't actually go to see a doctor anymore in most cases. Yeah, the problem is, though, is every time you seem to figure out what's going wrong, like something else goes wrong a week later. Yeah, yeah. I But if I'm not having any issues, you know, I'm gonna, I don't really know what he's going to do for me other than up the medication that I'm taking. Uh, he's already determined what it is by giving me tests and such, so we're relatively certain that's it. I mean, it, all I can do is tell him what my symptoms are, and it, maybe he'll decide that it might be something else at this point and, and look for new tests and such. I kind of doubt it, though. He seemed pretty confident that he had nailed it. Well, I mean, doctors tend to do that. They're generally like, hey, this is what's wrong with you. I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, and, so, and that's the problem with IBS uh, is that there's no physical symptoms for it. So that's often what they diagnose you with if they can't find anything wrong with you. So, which is kind of, you know, a, a half-assed backwards way of doing it, but I guess that's the only way they can, really. But regardless, that's enough about that shit. Uh, what do you got today, Ryan? Well, I think the first thing we have to talk about, there are rumors that Paige Van Zant has found her new employer. Um. Oh, wow. I missed this one entirely. Is this breaking news, I suppose? Uh, what is it, sir? Well, it's still in the rumor state, and sadly, no, it is not Pornhub Premium. <laughs> Rumors are swirling that she is going to sign with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. Really? The wow. absolute worst career move she could possibly make. Yeah, that seems like a bad idea for someone who's made a lot of their living with their face. Because so, that's not going to do her any good at all. Um I mean, the only thing she's got going for her is that she's scrappy. She seems like a tough chick. I've seen her, you know, uh, you know, she, I've never seen her quit in the, in the octagon and while well, she's taken some pretty good beatings. Uh, so I don't know, maybe it'll do good for her. Uh, I did see that their next bare knuckle, uh, 
uh, fight that they have coming up has some ridiculous fucking matchups. Apparently, barrel knuckle fighting is the retirement plan for the UFC now. Well, I mean, yeah, somehow they are well bankrolled, and uh, yeah, I I can't explain it, but yeah, they they seem to pull some pretty big names, and this would be one of the biggest names yet. Yeah, uh, let me look up their their latest fight card because I saw some ridiculous stuff where I was like, "Really? Is that actually what the fuck's going on?" Uh, let's see. Do 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 do. Pella Harris is in, is fighting that in there as well. Uh, oh, sorry, different guy. Uh, let's see what we got today. Where is it up here? Upcoming events. There we go. Let's Are you talking find. one for July twenty fourth? Uh, yeah, the, it, no, it, that was in the past. Why is that no, still listed in their upcoming events? Who knows. Um, God, I God, saw some ridiculous stuff. Like I, terrible. I think, yeah, isn't it though? Uh, I just uh, want to see what August twenty first. Yeah, that's probably what that's probably what it is. Um, Says fight card coming soon. Okay, well we're gonna have. To, I saw it someplace like, uh, like Phil Baroni was fighting somebody like big, a big name. Um, I like like two big ass matches. Uh, I don't know where I, where to find it fucking now. I don't because I can't remember where I saw it. Barrel oh knuckle. no shit josh deer seems to be fighting on it that's the one of the people they have on the poster that they haven't announced any fights for but uh, yeah another iowa guy there interesting story fight. actually dated his cousin for a while really yeah that was that was a thing oh wow uh let's see do 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 no i can't find it i don't know where i found it but it was like phil Baroni was fighting a big ufc name and there was like another big ufc versus ufc name as well oh phil Baroni, i think he's fighting thialgo Aves. i know i know i said that wrong um or if if, if that's not who he's fighting that's who's involved in the other fight god i wish i could find this shit because it's uh it's ridiculous there's Homelander, oh. do you have the card somewhere? Like, I'm looking, too. I didn't see anything on their side. I went to, like, Tapology, and there's only one fight listed. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. Okay, so, yeah, Thialgo Alves is... Alves, sorry, I'm, you guys know how I am for pronunciation. Uh, is fighting... Uh, not fighting Phil Baroni, I guess, but he's fighting somebody. Um, Baloga? I'm not even going to try to say that name. <laughs> Man, I want to... God, I'm pissed Baloga? off. I want... That might be it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wait, isn't there's two different bare knuckle fighting uh, things? Isn't there? Yeah, I was thinking like the proper bare knuckle fighting championship, the BKFC. Yeah, I, that, but there is another one, right? Yeah, but I thought the other one was like a a screwed up one that a bunch of people like didn't get paid or something. Oh, okay. Uh, well, maybe you can find it on the on the wiki. Um, no, no. I'm sorry I even brought it up. Now I'm, now I'm upset because I really would like to tell you guys more about it because there was some interesting fights and I can't find that shit anywhere. So whatever. But still, having Paige Van Zandt fighting there is a horrible, horrible fucking idea. She couldn't find anything else. I mean, I know she wants... Oh, there we go. Thank you, uh, Homelander. That's the one we're talking about right here. Yeah, it's going to be a Hector Yeah, Hector Lombard versus Kendall Grove is one of them and Thiago Alves versus Phil Broni was the other one. So it was fucking, you know, that's crazy, man. It's basically, you know, the UFC all over again. Yeah, that's the thing. They seem to be just shelling out a bunch of money uh, more than those guys that would be making in the UFC now. And thank you, Homelander, for bailing both of us out because I apparently my Google skills are absolutely garbage today. But uh, back <laughs> on the topic of Paige Van Zandt, yes, this is the absolute worst decision she could have made 
because if there's one thing that you can count on in bare knuckle fighting is a lot of facial damage. And that's not yeah. exactly her her brand. No, not even a little bit. I mean, seriously, she, she couldn't have found it. I mean, she seems like she's personable. I haven't listened to her speak for long uh, periods of time, but I'm assuming she's articulate enough that she could probably get a job in, in other fields of MMA. You know, like she could become an MMA reporter or like a, a correspondent or all kinds of things that are still involved in, in MMA, but don't actually involve getting hit in the face. She basically picked the one thing in, in, in the MMA field that she absolutely shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I, I don't get this decision. And when it comes to her speaking, yeah, she's about one level up from Mackenzie Dern, but that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do, right? Shit. Well, I mean, it's her life if she wants to make poor decisions. And you think her uh, husband would uh, give her a little more guidance in that matter. Like, I try to uh, make sure my wife doesn't do incredibly dumb things, you know? I think it's probably just one of those situations where just the dollars talked. Because, the, I mean, really, she had two choices. Either she's going to Bellator or she was going to try to get big money from, like, 1FC or something like that. The only other place is the PFL, but I think they don't even... Do they even have, like, a 115 division in PFL? Or do they just have that one division they created for Kayla Harrison? <laughs> I'm not sure on that one. Uh but she's claimed that she made makes more money off of her social media stuff than she ever got paid in UFC. So she can, I th as I'm assuming, she could get by making a living even if she didn't go into anything MMA related and got a job at like fucking Starbucks. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a thing though. Like, really, this is the whole like correlation is not causation. So, like, yes, she can make a lot of money on Instagram right now because she is one of the best-looking fighters. Take the fighter part out of it, and she is like a, a Miami Beach Six. <laughs> yeah, and she's been on Dancing with the Stars, which, of course, she got because she was a UFC fighter. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I have heard that theory that once she's done with the UFC, her popularity among the Instagram people will drop off quite a bit. But I don't think people will stop following her just because she doesn't uh, uh, fight in UFC anymore. I mean, her fan base might not grow any, but I think she could still make the amount of money that she's making now. I think it would fall off when you no longer have that, you know, international exposure of being in a top fight organization, you know, once a year or whatever she averaged out fighting. Like after that, she just becomes a random hot chick on Instagram. And I'm sorry, there are thousands of hot chicks on Instagram that are hotter. Well, yeah, but like I said, it, all right, assuming let's uh, let's make a hypothetical that you follow her on Instagram. If you heard that she wasn't getting a new contract any place, you wouldn't just go unfollow her, would you? Probably eventually, because it's not like I I want to listen to anything she has to say. Eh, I don't know. I guess I guess I look at it differently. If I'm a fan of somebody, I'm going to be a fan of them once their career is over too. I wouldn't just stop like I, I wouldn't just like not follow them on Twitter anymore or, or I don't do Instagram, but that sort of thing. But I guess everyone thinks differently. And there probably are plenty of people out there when, that will think that she's old news and move on. Well, that's the thing, like with with social media or things like that, it's not necessarily the number of followers you have. Mm -hmm. It's the level of engagement that they have with you. 
So oh. if you are no longer in the the guy the headlines, yeah, they might not necessarily go and unfollow you. They're going to be far less likely to be, you know, tuning into all of your live streams or, you know, liking and commenting every one of your posts because now they have no no real relation to you is like what are they what are they a fan of at that point? Right, I see what you're saying. So just because they they don't unfollow her, it doesn't mean they're going to engage with her social media uh, posts, which is how the uh, um, advertisers plan out who they're going to you know pay basically. Exactly. Yeah. So again, I, I think we've we've beaten this one into the dirt, but this is just the absolute worst choice she could ever make. Let's hope that the rumor ends up being false, but apparently it's been you know. It's been not going to say it's been like proven or anything like that, but it's been, it's come out as a rumor from multiple sources. Well, as you said, let's just hope it's not true. <laughs> what else you got today, sir? Uh, what else do we have, Jay? Um, we have plenty of things. You're a fan of Elon Musk. Uh, so Tesla came <laughs> out and they figured out a new invention. Any guesses oh. of what it is? Is it time travel? No, even better. <gasps> There's an industrial engineer with Tesla that has re-engineered the chocolate chip. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Disappointment is much here. <laughs> okay, tell me more, sir. Yeah, so basically what they did is they re-engineered the, the chocolate chip to be the most efficient shape possible for melting. Hmm. So okay. They, they will make the perfect cookies now with these chocolate chips. Was this an issue? He's paying these guys to do this kind of shit. I mean, was this an issue before where people going through life dismayed at their lack of perfect chocolate chips? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, it's a chocolate chip. It's going to melt when you apply heat to it. Uh, who cares if it melts a little more to the left or the right? Because I assume that's what he means. Uh, when he melts, it'll make a perfect circle. Well, it'll be perfect and it'll melt, you know, with a perfect consistency. And it's just, it, it has been completely optimized. And Jay, I think you're really underselling this because if you think back, like people used to think bread was perfect until somebody decided to slice that some bitch. <laughs> That's what's happened with chocolate chips as of today. You know, I, you're right. You know how many times I've been eating a chocolate chip cookie and was very disappointed in it because the chocolate chips were not consistent. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, are we living in a third world country? Can't we get consistent cho chocolate chips? And the answer is yes, now we can. Exactly. And you can thank Tesla engineers for that. <laughs> I mean, shit, all the crazy stuff that this guy has came, come up with just for shits and giggles. Like he made a, he made and sold a flamethrower just because he wanted to. For no financial reason, basically because he thought it would be cool, which I agree with. It would be really cool. But who the fuck does that shit? mad scientist geniuses i wonder and how much of this is him you know is he a, is he an actual scientist or is he just a businessman that hires the right people i mean uh how much of tesla's inventions are actually little, him yeah so i think a little of column a a little of column b i think if nothing else he's just very forward thinking right and then he you know hires the right people to make his you know ideas you know come true Okay, so he's not really a scientist or an inventor or anything like that. He's an idea person with a lot of money. I think so. I don't know how much actual input he has into anything that, you know, 
his his companies do. But I mean, hey, smart enough to become one of the richest people on earth. Yeah, yeah, but but, but smart comes in different a lot of different varieties. Business smart is not the same thing as inventive smart and all that good stuff. But I'm sure you're aware of that. Um, a completely different topic. I see uh, Tenor and the Homelander are talking about diet stuff, and apparently Tenor's on the keto diet right now, uh, which he's calling it the easiest diet ever. I'm not sure if you would call it that, but I have seen some impressive fucking results on people on the keto diet. Uh, one of my friend's wives has lost like 160 pounds in the last year. Uh, so she obviously, she was a big fatty. And now she's almost normal size. I think she says she's got a little bit more to go, but fucking she, you know, she did the keto diet and working out. And after a while, she didn't even have to do the workouts that much. She's just staying on the keto diet to get, you know, and she dropped weight like you wouldn't fucking believe. Of course, now she's got the issues with loose skin and all that good shit. And so she'll probably have to go get that taken care of at some, at some point. But it's really fucking impressive. 160 pounds in a year is a lot of fucking weight. Yeah, it really all depends on the person. A lot of your your classically fat people uh, in the world today are that way because they have, you know, they, they do not have a good reaction to carbohydrates and sugars, which makes the keto diet exactly what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you need to know your own body and know your own blood work. Some people, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um like me in particular, I am somewhat sensitive to carbs. So keto works well, unless I'm working out hard. Right. Because right. I need, I need those carbs. Otherwise I'm just dead from working out. So I have to do kind of like a modified keto. I just have to pick the right time to load carbs. But yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those individualized things. But if you take a look at at least the, the U S the majority of your obese people would be much better off just kicking the carbs. Right, right. And uh, depending on how you do the keto diet, it can be pretty easy. Uh, like Tanner was talking about, I think he posted nothing but bacon and vodka, so, <laughs> which isn't the healthiest way diet to have. Uh, I'm assuming you wouldn't want to keep that as a permanent thing. Uh, but is it possible to like do the keto diet to get down to where you want to be and then just translate to normal healthy eating with carbs, I assume? I mean, you can. The problem is like... So I guess I'm one of those people that just wants to do things the right way to start. So like right. if I'm setting out to drop, say, say I want to drop 30 pounds, right? I'm going to go mainly keto, but I'm still going to load carbs at the right time so I can, you know, continue to work out. I don't want to drop 30 pounds and set myself back eight months lifting wise because I'm atrophying because I can't feed muscle. Right, right. Which is one of the reasons why, why you, uh, are trying to make sure that I get enough carbs because I'm trying to build muscle as we as we uh, all know, right, right. But you know, so oh, and I own oh, that uh, MCL um, oil is in the mail, so I should be getting that in a day or two. Now, um, you said not to use too much of it. What's too much? Like for instance, if I was going to add it to a, excuse me, a thirty ounce of water and like uh, and Huel shake, so it's got thirty ounces of water and then the scoops of Huel in it. Uh, how much do you think, uh, how many tablespoons of oil do you think I should add? It should have a serving size on it. Just start with whatever one serving size is. Okay. Um, I just eyeball it. And if it looks like I'm pouring too much in and then I just know I'm going to shit myself. (laughs) Well, that's obviously not something I want to do since, uh, I have an extensive history of shitting. So I don't really want to do any more than I already do. The old buttholes kind of sore. 
<laughs> yeah, basically start with the recommended amount and then add just a little bit more. And then once you notice the level that you do end up shitting yourself, just back <laughs> off from that a little bit. Man, that's not the plan I want to go with. Holy shit, dude. Uh, yo, any plan that includes, okay, once you shit yourself, <laughs> should not be a plan I want any part of, dude. I will, I'll, I'll just on, mess Jay. around you with can, my own You can life. sacrifice one time nuking your intestines to figure out your tolerance to MCT oil. Well, yeah, I guess, but uh, unfortunately I have a job and I work and I can't, you know, it's not a job where I can go run into the bathroom anytime I want. At the very least, I need, uh, you know, I got to give him five or 10 minutes notice from the fucking come into the club, come into my office from wherever in the club they are. I can't just get up and run to the bathroom if I feel like I'm going to shit myself. It just doesn't work well, that's that way. The thing. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? When you're, when you're experimenting with the MCT oil, like start out with, again, the recommended amount. And then mm -hmm. like on your days that you're not working, try a little bit more and then a little bit more. Because you're really only going to shit yourself really once. It's going to be that time that you have to go and pee out your butt, and you're going to be fine. And right. That's when that's you know what... you went slightly too far. Right, right. See, now, which is what people told me I needed to do with the entire IBS thing, but I, that doesn't work because when I have an IBS flare-up, it lasts multiple days. I can't really start experimenting with foods until this December when I'm off work, uh, which I will do because uh, uh, I do want to eat other foods besides the four things that I eat now. Although it, dude, it's fucking healthy as fuck, man. I can only imagine how awesome my blood work's gonna be uh, when they when that comes back. Because I I didn't have problems with cholesterol or anything like that in the first place, and I was eating way shittier than this. Well, we'll see. Like the problem is, you haven't done. I don't think like a really true great like blood panel. So you still don't know what you're deficient in. Like I right. think we've tried to get at some of those things. Uh, you know, with you taking like vitamin D3, like everybody's pretty much deficient on that. Right. Um, just making sure that you're eating real food is going to help some of the rest, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Right. Right. I was supposed to be taking vitamin D3. Is that any of the shit that I'm taking now? Cause I take that turmeric, uh, brodine or whatever it is stuff you told me to take. Bromelain? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. For my joints, which I actually have my wife taken now cause she's been complaining about her joints hurting. And I think it might be helping her out too. Cause she said it seems to, but she's only been taking it for like three or four days. I know. I told you a long, long time ago to get a bottle of vitamin D3. Oh, I missed that part. Let me, let me go. Let me go to the old Amazon. You gave me so much information and I'm a horrible listener. It's not your fault. Uh, let's see. Vitamin. And D three. Well, we'll find out because vitamin D is one of the things he's testing me for. Cause he said, if you're you know tired, that might be an issue. So that vitamin D, I think is some sort of thyroid thing and the testosterone are what things he's checking for. Yeah. Uh, so right. the other thing with vitamin D3 is they're probably going to tell you a lower amount than you actually need. So if mm -hmm. they tell you that you're just at like a normal level for vitamin D3, that means you're actually probably deficient. Okay. Well, cheap nine cents, nine cents a pill. So I'll go ahead and buy one, a pack uh, 90 count. Get, of that. The, get the 5,000 IU. Yep, pills. nature made extra strength D3 5000 IU. Yep, and then take two of those a day. All right, well, you will go ahead and do that. Oh, it supports immune health, it supports, supports bone, teeth, and other stuff that I missed once once it flashed over to the next screen. <laughs> All right, it's yeah, I ordered it. And as Camicon said, D3 is a good preventative for COVID, which makes sense because having proper vitamin D3 levels is just good for preventing disease holistically. Right. It's a it, very it's, important nutrient for your body. 
And it's a good thing, too, uh, that I just ordered that stuff because I just read an article that says taller people face higher risk of catching COVID-19, survey says. People over six feet tall are more than twice as likely likely to be diagnosed with the cor- uh, coronavirus, uh, the results of a new survey reveal. Um, well, that's results- because you all have a life expectancy of like 48. No, it's not that. It's the, the results found that taller people are at higher risk, which researchers say suggest that the contagion is spread through the air because height would not be a factor if the virus is only contracted through droplets, according to the report. So basically... <laughs> They're saying that the taller people are more likely to catch it because we're because the because the air up there. I still don't really understand how that's uh, uh, prevalent, uh, but it's it's still it's a study and it says I'm going to die sooner. <laughs> well, we all knew that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, but what are we going to do? Uh, let's see. What else you got? Um. So did you know that you should probably be pushing for R.R. Martin to be in jail today? Uh, just cause it's a fucking crime that he hasn't finished the books, but I'm sure you have a different reason. No, that actually is the reason he came out last year saying that if he did not finish whatever the fuck the stupid book's name is by today, they should be able to lock him up and force him to finish it. <laughs> God damn dude. How does he draw right? Okay, I don't, I'm not a writer, so I, I guess I shouldn't be throwing judgments on him, but goddamn, he writes so fucking slow. Uh, and the reason people are pissed about it is because they see him out and about all the time just doing shit that has nothing to do with writing. You know, normally eating pork sandwiches and guzzling grease, but but still, uh, I can't conceive that uh, he hasn't finished it yet. If I remember correctly, that's not even the last book. It's the second to last book or some shit. Maybe well, I know book. like yeah. this guy is just and I don't know anything about him but like really what better things does he have to do he's kind of just a portly weird looking old dude hey is he just addicted to porn or something I don't know dude uh Game of Thrones has had a gigantic fan base maybe he's fucking fans you know <laughs> Which is which yeah. is a reasonable reason to not be writing, I imagine. You know, especially considering what he looks like, he's probably you know not had a good uh, history of the ladies. Now all of a sudden he's world famous uh, and uh, with fans all over the world. Maybe he's a player now. I don't know. I actually heard uh, another rumor, and this one is is just as just as real as Paige Van Zant going to bare knuckle fighting championships. I heard that he has taken a majority of his profits from the entire Game of Thrones and the whole book series, mm-hmm. and he had a real doll made in the form of Hodor, and that's why he's not getting anything accomplished. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Dude, you know, that, you know I, re- I forgot about Hodor since it's been so many seasons since they killed him off. Uh, that was a big fucking dude. Yeah, that's a big, yeah, he was something. Interesting yeah, yeah. that he was actually saying hold the door and not Hodor, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that was that was an interesting reveal. And it makes me wonder how much of that was uh uh Martin's idea and how much of it was like the showrunners, because in the later season this sort of bled back and forth to to who was responsible for what. Well, here's the thing though, this is just another reason why dumb cripple idiot does not deserve to be king at the end of the series. Is he purposely screwed up Hodor's entire life? 
Yep, just to save his own ass. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. He, you know, he made him a half a retard so that he could escape from the uh, Night King. That was just some bullshit. Exactly. Yeah, and you want this guy to run shit? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm, let, let's give you a break for a second. I've actually got a couple topics today. Um, apparently, you can finally buy a Ford GT without having to go through uh, Ford's ridiculous application process. Uh, as it turns out, uh, when Ford relaunched a GT back in 2016, uh, you couldn't get one because there was a really highly selective application process. In addition to that, everybody that bought one signed an agreement that they wouldn't sell it for like four years or some shit like that. Um, and so you had no chance to get it and so you still can't get one unless you fill out their application process, but the, uh, no sell contracts are starting to expire. So you're starting to see the, uh, four GTs pop up on like, uh, used car lots. No, well not used car lots, but probably more like auction houses and shit like that. But, uh, I looked into it a little bit and their application is fucking ridiculous. I mean, for one thing, it's long as fuck. So we're not going to go into it too much. Uh, but they, uh, they had, uh, let's see, where's a good way to find it on there. Uh, but they had, they asked one to know if you, if you owned a Ford, uh, how many Fords you've ever owned, uh, uh, have you owned a Ford GT before? Um, what other Fords have you owned? Uh, are you part of a Ford fleet? So in other words, how many, if you're a company owner, how many Fords does your fleet have? Uh, just all kinds of crazy shit. There's a, like, they wanted to know if you, re, if you were, uh, oh, like, here's one of the questions. Please describe up to three vehicle related charities, activities, or contributions that you or your company have made. So they want to, uh, oh, are you a car collector? How many vehicles are in your collection? How many Ford Lincoln vehicles are in collection? What is the ap approximate value of your collection? So it's a pretty fucking extensive, uh, application to buy one of these cars. And you know, they're like a fucking half a million dollars or some shit like that in the first place. That's ridiculous, dude. I mean, could you imagine wanting to go buy a car? Do you have the money for it? And they're like, no, nah, we're not going to sell you this car. So, Jay, that's actually super commonplace. So this isn't something new whatsoever. So on basically all of the supercars, the super high-end cars, you have to apply for an allocation for one of the run of those vehicles. Hmm. So say, say the Ford GT, they're only going to make, you know, 700 of them. That's how right. they narrow down the, you know, the 5,000 people that want one is they're generally going to look like how much money has this person spent with our company, you know, blah, 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 super boring and whatever. But like, that's how you get allocations for these vehicles. And the reason that they uh, keep you from selling for a certain period of time is for people flipping allocations. So this was a big deal when back in like the mid 90s to early 2000s when you had like a lot of the uh the nissan like skyline and gtrs and shit like that people would end up buying these allocations from dealerships and flipping them for like two or three times the price hmm okay that makes sense and i knew ferrari did shit like that i didn't realize it was that common with the other high-end cars though Sorry, I realize yeah, our audience yeah. is not car people for the most part. I, so I apologize for boring you guys, but I, it was an interesting topic for me. And every once in a while, we're going to do a couple minutes for my shit. Yeah, <laughs> anyways, so that's that's a very known thing. It, they put it in to keep people from, like Homelander saying, is basically scalping cars. Basically, you buy it at wholesale and then you flip it because it's rare and nobody can get an an allocation. Mm. It's like that was an entire like business. 
Okay, I can see that because it even happens with uh, less expensive cars that are semi-rare. Like my car is not expensive at all. Uh, I think with all my rebates and shit like that, I pay, I think I paid $20,000 for it, but it's also a low production model that they only made like about 3000 a year. And now they don't make them anymore. So I've looked it up and you can, you can buy a used version of my car, uh, with like five or seven or 8,000 miles on it, but it costs more than my car cost new last year. There are really 3000 other idiots that like that car. (laughs) <laughs> you sir do not know anything about cars you may mock me all you want but you can't mock the mighty fiesta st go look up do just type in fiesta st review and see what you get it is a very well-made little car uh nobody who knows anything about cars has anything bad to say about it um but that's sorry, neither sorry, here nor there firefox just gave me a testosterone warning <laughs> that t levels would run low if i went to that site so oh, sorry Jesus i can't do fuck. it Jesus Christ. Fine. What do you got next, sir? Um, what else do we have? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, did you hear about the uh, the Florida congressional candidate that mm. is just absolutely batshit crazy? Well, um, it is Florida, so it's not that surprising. Uh, how so, though? Yeah, so this guy is coming out, and uh, one of his big things that he's trying to tackle with his campaign as the great deal of anime porn that, that's out there and available for people. Mm-hmm. And this was this was one of his tweets about it. They're now introducing a great deal of anime porn into the internet matrix. Dragon Ball Z is one of the top issues here. They're oh, sexualizing cartoon characters to push a depraved agenda on our kids. What's <laughs> next? Where will it end? Oh, Jesus Christ. Now we have to have Roxy call in because she'll... <laughs> She will definitely de- defend the Dragon Ball as much as she can. Has he not seen the show? It's a kid's cartoon. It's not anime porn. Jesus Christ. How out of touch can people be? Uh, yeah, Cammy Corner, by the way, we, I saw your comment. Uh, I don't know anything about that kind of thing. Uh, we can have Ryan speak about it if he likes. Yeah, so uh, having an, an individual poll like that within the margin of error, it's one of those things. Uh, if you look at kind of the nationwide uh, pieces, they're still pretty much strong biden uh there was some 538 analysis that came out um and i don't have it pulled up kind of talking about some of the polling and some of the swing states and i don't remember what it had to say so i'm going to sit here and bide a couple seconds of time i'm trying to find it that's yeah, all right. Well, in the meantime, I'll speak more about how that fucking guy's an idiot. Dragon Ball Z, he's got nothing to do with anime porn. Uh, yeah. Which which I've never really watched. That's never been my thing. I never really understood the entire animated porn thing in general. Yeah, me either. And this guy, yeah, this guy is an absolute nut job. If you go out to his, uh, go out to his Twitter, like, he is like a, a, a QAnon, like, conspiratard. And he has a bunch of other just absolute batshit crazy things that he said. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, really, this guy pretty much is just a, a Florida man <laughs> running for office. Shit. Um, on a completely different note, I'm sure you've noticed this already, but we haven't actually talked about it. Joe Rogan is officially moving to Texas. Yeah, that, I mean, we probably saw that that was going to be a thing anyway, like living where he was at in California, just 
having to deal with traffic and bullshit like that. Like, if anybody wants to live in, like, the Hollywood part of California, it's absolutely terrible. Like, I would never do it because I don't want to deal with that gigantic of overpopulation. That's not a thing in Texas. I think he said that, I mean, he would also want to go back to, like, a Colorado, but, like, that's, there's not as many people living, you know, there. But with him, I mean, he has absolutely fuck you money. Can do the podcast from anywhere. Why not move someplace else? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I saw him mention the, some, the exact thing that you did about overpopulation. He thinks the area is really overpopulated. Um, he also mentioned that Texas would be good because it's in the center of the country, which makes it, it easier for him to travel around. You know, he can go go to the West Coast or the East Coast relatively easy as, as opposed to being stuck on the West Coast, uh, which I imagine will make things, life a little bit easier for him when he tours and does things like that. Uh, and then as you mentioned, you know, you can do the podcast everywhere, anywhere. You know, I'm doing my bi- podcast in the back room of my house in my underwear because it's fucking hot. You don't really need an office or anything like that to do it. Well, yeah, that, that definitely is is one thing. Obviously, his is a little bit different because he still will want to, you know, build something and, and fly people in. But he is making enough money that he could pay for the travel of every guest on that podcast from oh, yeah. now until he dies. <laughs> And he will still have like a Scrooge McDuck pool of gold coins. Right, exactly. Because, you know, the 100 million that uh, Spotify paid him, he wasn't broke before he got that. He had, uh, he had fuck you money before that, really. Uh, the, the Joe Rogan podcast brings in so much fucking money for him. Then he does have a reasonably successful stand up career. Uh, I know a lot of people like the dog on him on the OG. But he gets stand-up special after stand-up special. He's had, like, what, three or four in the recent years. Yeah, he makes damn good money being a comedian. He makes insane money off the podcast. He makes, I i haven't seen what it is, but I'm sure the UFC is just backing up Brink's trucks for him. Beyond that, I think he still owns part of On It, right? Like, they're still in business. Yep. I, I mean, he has his hands in a lot of shit, and it's all... And it's all things that bring in money. Um, flipping back quickly, uh, what I was going to talk to you about the whole political thing, there mm-hmm. was an interesting poll out there. Um, I think it was done by Ipsos for for Reuters. But they, they did a poll that basically specifically uh, clumped uh, undecideds in for voting. They made them choose one or the other as opposed to just saying they're undecided for the election. And in those results, it was about two to one for Biden. So that's really one of the things that you want to look at as you get closer and when you're going to be betting these things is like which way are the you know independents or the undecideds leaning because they're the ones that are going to you know they're going to be the ones that decide the election in the states that matter which are you know that handful of like eight swing states. Yep, yep. And speaking of betting, uh, did you notice, we've t- I talked about it before, but I, have you looked into the MMA betting on that website we're going to be using for our fight picks? No, I tried to go to like a betting thing and it said there were no fights ready to be bet on or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they take a, you don't get the option to do that until like a couple days out. It might be available now. It might it might take till tomorrow. Uh, I, th- I think that's because... Uh, once again, and this is one of the few things I don't like about this site is it doesn't use official uh, betting things. It uses some; they use their own that goes by uh, what people are picking or some shit like that. And, and a lot of times it's pretty close to what the real bets are, but sometimes it's not. 
And that's how uh, I always made my money on it because I would look for, for uh, uh, betting odds that were obviously wrong and, and then bet that way. And I've made, that's how some of my best parlays have went through where you see someone that's like a 500 underdog. In reality, they, they're like a maybe a 150 underdog or something like that. And you pick a couple of people like that and bet it and get it right. And all of a sudden you've turned your $100 bet into like three grand or some shit. I'm just going to do an entire event parlays. Do like a 50 or or $100 bet. And by the end of the season, I'm going to have like $4 billion. <laughs> I did say my best season, I turned uh, $1,000 into I think it was 240000 over over 10 events, which obviously is not too shabby. Uh, it made me actually think that I should be betting on stuff for reals, but we don't have that in Michigan. Actually, we do now. It's funny enough, they made sports books legal, and they were going to open the first of it like back in March or April, but that shit didn't happen, obviously. The, the only problem with that site, though, is it's extremely clunky and poorly designed. Like, it's not easy to find what you need to go do. Yeah, yeah, it is a little weird. I mean, the, it's the find. Basically, you just go to Pick'em League's Big Show. Uh, the problem being, there's a, they have multiple different games. They have the you know, the Big Show. Uh, they have a, a casual where you don't pick. I, I think you don't pick the uh, um, uh, preliminaries. All it is is just the main card. Uh, and then the best of the rest, which is like uh, a combination of of the three or four smaller ones. Uh, and I, when I click on it, it didn't even go anyplace, so they might not even do that shit anymore. Uh, yeah, and it, it is an older site. Obviously, it's been around for a while, and it, it's in need of redesign. But I don't think that's going to happen. But it but it works. It keeps it keeps track of our picks and all that good shit, and that's all we really need. Yeah, good to see that they have not made any updates to that site since 1976. <laughs> yeah apparently uh the uh the uh a consensus on the uh, chat box is that site does kind of suck but really there's not really many other free fantasy mma pick sites out there so we might as well go ahead and use this one and suck it up i suppose we do that until we find one that we all decide to do actual betting and oh, we can just make a gentleman's agreement to start like a, a six-month period with like 500 bucks and see who turns it into the most. Oh, I forgot that you like to do betting too. When we were talking of Camicom uh, 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 the other day, um, he went into betting quite a bit. And I kind of, now that I think about it, I'm surprised that you didn't talk with him more about it because I, I, from what I understand, you like to do the old betting shit occasionally. Not a ton. Like So really, over the years, the times that I've really bet on MMA is when I will look at odds and I know fighters like before they get big like for example i made a crap ton of money on john jones when he started oh, yeah, out. I can read it. yeah because i i knew the kid as a wrestler knew that he was athletic knew he came from a super athlete family and when he just initially got into the ufc like he had some pretty long odds in a couple of those first fights and it's just that was like the dumbest money ever to make yeah, yeah. I, if I was betting back then, I would have made that too because I followed his career as basically from uh, as soon as he hit the UFC. And the very first time I saw him fight, I was like, "Oh shit, dude!" <laughs> I go, "Yeah, this guy's really, really good." And then his next couple fights were not not up to his par at all. So that would have been easy money, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. That was that was super simple. Anymore, like, yeah, it's been quite a while since I've done much betting. Like other betting I'll do generally at the beginning of the NFL season, I'll make a, a couple wagers here and there, like for Super Bowl champ or MVP, things like that. 
So as many people know on the OG, I called it way before anybody else that Lamar Jackson was going to be an absolute monster in the NFL. Hmm. So at the beginning of last year, and I don't remember what the odds were, I think I got in on him when he was like 50 or 60 to 1. Mind you, I only did like a $25 bet, but yeah, that was still... That was still a nice little chunk change at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I proved imagine. everyone wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good feeling, isn't it? Um, and I, you'll, and you're going to have that happen occasionally on our MMA uh, fantasy league because you know sometimes you're. I've there's been many times because some most of the leagues I'm uh, in have somewhere between five and ten people in it. Um, I think the UG uh, league was up to twelve or fourteen. And there's no better feeling than going the next day and looking up uh, the stats and you have way more points than anybody else. You're like, yeah, I kicked all your asses. So I'm looking forward to that in this way uh, with the money thing. Sometimes sometimes the money thing is even more satisfying because the fight picks, it's not that hard to figure out who's going to win on a lot of them. You know, you see, you know what the odds are. You see what the experts are saying. It's when you bet money on the underdogs and make a shitload of money. That's when you're really proven that you know more than the other people. Yeah, like when you, you know, totally would have bet on Felicia Spencer over Amanda Nunes. No, I would not have made a bet on that. <laughs> Although that's the type of things that I do bet make my bets on the severe underdogs. Just not that one, dude. Uh, that, like as I mentioned before, that was mostly a joke, uh, fucking pick. Uh, I knew I didn't have any reasonable chance of uh, getting that one right. But uh, on the other hand, when you're doing MMA betting, that's the sort of things you're looking for. If I would actually believe that, I would have made that bet because that's where you make money. You don't make a lot of money betting on the favorites. Yeah, it depends. Like, there's also the people out there that, you know, go bet a million dollars on Amanda Nunes. Right. And just take the absolutely safe thing and, and walk away with an extra quarter million dollars on a fight that had virtually zero chance going the other way right I, there are people that I, I see you could do it that way as well and i've seen people where their technique sometimes is to bet the favorite and then spread it sp- spread it around yeah you know, like with their thousand dollars bet a hundred dollars on each match uh, on the favorite person and and then hope that you come out with more than a thousand dollars at the end of it well yeah that it, betting is what it is but yeah on some of these things especially in mma like there are fights that are, you know, a 99% lock. Like if you were to take, you know, the Randy Couture, James Tony fight, that's a fight you can go put a million dollars on. Right. Although, yeah, yeah, you know, I was going to say there could have been a lucky punch, but the uh, uh, shit, uh, Tony never even got a chance to throw a punch, I don't think. Exactly. He, I, yeah, he never, he never, did he even swing once or did Randy immediately go for that low pick? Uh, I don't even, yeah, I don't know if he got a single punch thrown or even fainted, but Randy <laughs> took that, took that low single from about 30 feet away. <laughs> that was yeah, that, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And he, he did say that he would never try that on anybody who knew any wrestling or any kind of kickboxing or anything like that at all. Yeah, that was, that was a thing. But I think <laughs> the was... next next great bet will be whoever they line up for Shemaev to uh, destroy. Well, I don't know. They're talking about giving him a a, a lot higher uh, person next, like a top 10 person, which is ridiculous. The guy's way too new. He, 
you know, some they're asking they're asking Dana White uh, when he's going to fight Usman and shit like that, and that's just fucking crazy. Come on, give the guy a little time to develop. I realize he's really fucking good, but two fights in the UFC, he shouldn't even be getting a top ten person, much less being talking about fighting Usman at some point. I don't know the rumor mill. They were also talking uh, for possible fights for Chmaev. There is a thought that they may throw him in there with Cowboy. Really? Cowboy Cerrone? Yeah. Okay, because there's more than one Cowboy. Um, God, I hope not. Cowboy, I think, is really in the decline of his career, and I think he could probably whoop Cowboy's ass, really, to be honest with you. See, that's the thing. I don't necessarily think throwing him in there with a top 15 slash top 10 guy is necessarily the worst idea. Otherwise, you end up with some of the crazy things that you've seen, like with Habib, his career. Like, he didn't even get a shot at a title until he was, what, like eight or nine fights deep? And now all of a sudden we have him, you know, defend the belt four or five times and he'll retire. Oh, I see what you're saying. You you would like to have seen him move into the championship spot uh, earlier than that? Yeah, like I would love to see someone like Shemayev get it if he just keeps steamrolling people, have a shot at the title before he is, you know, six, seven fights deep in the UFC, so he has a chance to like become that like undisputed like goat kind of guy. Right, I can see that. Um but I still think it might be a little too soon. I think they've also talked about him and him fight uh, Mike uh, Chizia. I'm, not, I'm saying his name wrong, but you know who I'm referring to. Yes, Kiesa. Wow, is that how you say it? Yes. The the guy he was on, I think he was on a season of the Ultimate Fighter. Yep, he was on, I think it was the live season. Oh, wow. Man, man I got that entirely wrong. <laughs> well, that's not anything new. I know. Shit. Okay, let's change the subject. I'm I'm embarrassed. Uh, let's see what else do I got? Uh, well, before you go there, did, there's also. Huh? Did you hear the uh, the possible end to Habib's career? No, no. What what do you speak of? Uh, is it had? So, does it have some, something to do with his dad? No. So they're saying that he may only have two fights left. Some people are saying he wants to get thirty to thirty and zero and then retire. Hmm. So they're saying the fight with Gaethje may. Uh, Maybe his second to last fight in his last fight. Should he win? Maybe George St. Pierre. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. Um, if George St. Pierre was 30 instead of 39, I would be all motherfucking for it. But I don't want to see GSP fight if he's not at his best anymore. That to me, that's not fun. It's not fun to see like one of your heroes and GSP is my fucking hero. You can't find a better person in MMA. Uh, I don't want to see. I don't want him to fight someone, especially as good as Habib, if he's not at his best anymore. It, it just doesn't seem right. Yeah, but as Homelander saying, and I'm thinking he's referring to GSP. Like he is still an absolute machine. He did come back from a ridiculous layoff and just absolutely handled Michael Bisping at a weight class that he's never fought at. Yeah, I know, but and I guess would it have to be a catch weight, or would he try to move down to one fifty five? Because I mean, he's, he's, he's said in the past he can make one fifty five. God, he's not that small. He's pretty. You know, he's a pretty strapping, strapping young man. Uh, I'd hate to see him at one fifty five too. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not thrilled with that fight. Uh, I kind of wish he'd just stay retired at this point. Uh, you know, he's had such a great career. Um, with so few losses. I don't I wouldn't want to see him end his career by taking a beating from Habib. 
I would love to see it. You have the, I mean, pretty much widely accepted greatest fighter of all time versus yeah, the undefeated, and where else can you say that? The absolutely undefeated champion in his retirement fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll watch the shit out of that, but I, I feel uncomfortable with it. I, it's it'd be a lot like if you, uh, um, hmm, I can't think of a good analogy, but yeah, I, I'd be kind of uncomfortable with it. I'd be really, I'd be rooting for GSP. That's for damn sure. I would not. Really, you'd be rooting for Habib. I would love to see the fighter that comes in has a completely undefeated career, steamrolls absolutely everyone. And walks away at the top of the game. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's just a, a win against GSP right now. It's seemed kind of tarnished to me because you're not getting him at his best. Yes, yes, he's a machine, and yes, he's still in really good shape. But you can't tell me he's as good as uh, as quick and as, as athletic as he was five or ten years ago. That's Absolutely just age he's not. For you. But I mean, he he's still also like. You, every t everyone likes to say the old trope that styles make fights. You take a look at GSP of, of what he's great at. He has a great jab. Like he's good at, you know, he's good, obviously, at avoiding takedowns if someone's trying to take him down. He has great offensive wrestling. Like, you just have to wonder, he's going to come in as probably the slightly larger frame and stronger guy. I guess an interesting fight against Habib. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could maybe if it was uh, official, I could uh, be more enthusiastic about it. But right now, meh, uh, I'm way and more we're like we're less than three months away from it possibly being official. Like, I would not be surprised at all if they had GSP on standby on the fight or on the night of Habib versus Gaethje, just mm -hmm. in case Habib goes in there and just steamrolls him. I still want to have, uh, I still want to see Habib fight Ferguson. That's the fight I always wanted to see. And I, it still bums me out that it didn't happen. Yeah, I don't want to see them try to make that fight again because I think there would be a gigantic asteroid that takes out the Earth if they do. <laughs> I did see recently that Ferguson's ready to fight again. Uh, we hadn't heard from him in a couple few months, uh, understandably so, after the beating he fucking took. But apparently uh, he said he's ready and wants to fight. He said something about fighting Conor McGregor or one or one or two other people, and then having the winner of that fight the winner of uh, Habib versus Gagey. Yeah, he wanted. Who did he want? He wanted Conor or Poirier, maybe. That might have been it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it was that... either Conor or Poirier, and then he wanted the winner of that to face the winner of Habib Gagey. Right, right. And uh, Homelander points out that he's getting old and high mileage. Yeah, he is getting old, isn't he? Um, Puck, yeah. He, it's, he's one of those guys that you can't really tell, but you know, he's, he's, not, he's not a young guy anymore. And you don't know how he reacts after taking as much damage as he did against Gaethje. Yeah, that is... I've never seen Ferguson just absolutely wrecked like that. Like, those are the types of fights that take years off a career, not months. Right, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. He's never taken a beating like that before, even in his other losses. Exactly, yeah. So I, I don't know how he ends up looking when he comes back, especially if you throw him in there with, like, Poirier. Um, I don't necessarily think a McGregor match makes sense. Like, I think 
Tony could probably win that fight. I would assume but, so. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I'm in the same place that you are with GSP coming back as I am with Connor coming back. I could take or leave that one. Right, I can see that. Yeah, um, and Connor, I, I, it's starting to look at like he's actually retired. Uh, at least he's ne- definitely not keeping himself in fight shape from the pictures I've seen recently. I mean, he's not big and fat, but he's definitely soft looking compared to his normal self. Well, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's putting on some pounds and maybe have, you know, a fight on that Tyson, you know, Roy Jones Jr. card against the old guy from the pub. (laughs) I wonder if he wanted to actually fight on that, if the UFC would let him, because they had to, didn't they have to, like, uh, give him permission to fight uh, Mayweather in the first place? Oh, yeah, UFC got a cut of that. Uh, Um, But, yeah, if you think about it, Connor's just not really... His star is definitely waning. But if you're talking about the, the Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. thing, do you see that they uh, they introduced the pricing for the pay-per-view on that? Yeah, fuck that shit. $50 to watch that bullshit. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say that I would ever allegedly <laughs> illegally stream a pay-per-view event. <laughs> but I can say to watch Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., the likelihood of me spending $50 is probably pretty low. Yeah, same here. Everybody that... in the chat. So who who actually is on board for spending 50 bucks to watch a, an eight-round exhibition between two 50-year-olds? <laughs> nope. From Camicon. Uh, Homelander nope. will watch it for free. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else you guys got any opinions on that before we move on? Yeah, I'm assuming it'll be a lot of the same. That's not exactly something that anybody really wants to spend their hard-earned money on. Fuck, I'm not even going to watch it for free. The next day, I'll look at the gifts for it and see if there's anything cool. You know? that's, how I, that's how I do uh, most of uh, you know MMA nowadays anyway, since I can't be around for the fights. I don't even go look up the fights. I go look up the results and then see if there's any cool highlights from the fight. The only way I would think about paying even half of that is if they do like a, a psychological workup on Tyson before the fight, and it turns out that he's, you know, went back to being a complete psychopath. <laughs> then I'd think about it because then he oh, at least it, would, you know, come out and try to kill Roy Jones Jr., and that could at least, you know, lead to some 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 fun viewing. Right. You see, this is one of the few cases, and I realize it's an exhibition match, but this is one of the few cases where I wish there was uh, win and show money in boxing. Because if there was, you know, a big pay difference between you winning or not, you get a lot more interesting fight. Because uh, as we've talked about before, we don't think either guy is going to try very hard because it's an exhibition fight. It's going to be glorified sparring. Uh, if it was, the, if it made a difference between them getting paid or not, I think Tyson and, and I think it'd be a completely different fight for the most part. I don't even know if either one would take it at that point. They want the guarantee of a big bag. Um, right. Or the, or an before even we get out of here, though, uh-huh. yeah. might want to just touch base on what Camicom was saying around the movie theater. So I think we all foresaw something like this coming. Uh, he just posted a, a little summary there that a lot of movie theaters uh, where movies will be available exclusively in a theater for about 17 days before you can then rent them at home. I think that I saw, 17 days be, ends up becoming like a week or less in the future. I, I also wouldn't be surprised that. if it was like a simultaneous launch by the time we get to like 2021. 
I saw something like that. I saw the headline. I didn't get a chance to read it. Is it that's not going to be every movie theater, is it? Or every movie company? I assume it's just uh, uh, one yeah, well, or two. Well, it'll of them have right nothing now. to do with the theaters, right? It'll right, be the, the, movie the distribution yeah. company saying we will give theaters an exclusive window of X days, and then we're releasing that shit to the masses and making a ton of money. Right. I assume there's more than one the, the distributor, though. Um, so is that? I mean, that, that's not going to be all movies now. I assume. Yeah, I highly doubt there's any sort of like, you know, industry agreement of what the, you know, exclusive window will be. That'll all have to be worked out. But yeah, just the way things are going, I I don't see why distribution companies wouldn't just do a dual launch. It's not like movie theaters have a lot of leverage anymore. They're not like the big deal that they used to be. So if you're a distribution company, like... Why not say, here's a new release movie for 20 bucks that you can rent at home? Like, that's better than trying to, you know, get money from movie theaters to have them show your movie and then get a, you know, percent of tickets or however they do it. I don't know the economics behind exactly how that works. But I would think going direct to consumer, like, you're probably going to make more in aggregate. Yeah. And re- as you mentioned, the movie theaters don't have a lot of leverage here. Uh, I remember back a couple of months ago when some movie was released on demand instead of uh, like at the movie theaters, uh, Trolls 2 or some shit like that. And it made a shitload of money. And uh, whichever company, movie company that made it said that they might think about doing that uh, with, with a lot of their movies. And one of the movie theater chains didn't like that announcement at all. And they threatened that they will not show that movie company's movies at their theater anymore if they, if they, they were going to do that shit. I was like, well, that's kind of an empty threat. They just said that they had just made a shitload of money by doing on demand. So you saying that you won't show their movies at, at your theaters is like fucking so what? Yeah, I think that's that's really the reality that we're getting to is eventually you're just going to have these production companies saying, hey, you know, we could make, you know, $500 million just going straight to consumers and not have to deal with the headache that the theaters are. Um, obviously, you know, like around the world, it might be a little bit of different dynamic when you talk about like overseas, but at least here, like we are becoming a society that does not want to have to go deal with a bunch of people and shit like that. And especially movie theaters, like, do we really want to have to go someplace that it costs, you know, like $14 for a small soda? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's very true. How many stand up comics do jokes about movie theaters and how shitty it is to watch a movie of other people around you now? Uh, there's a bazillion of them. And so I think yeah, the entire and it's getting worse. Like you'll well. have, you'll have the douchebags on their phone the entire time. And like, really the only movie theaters I go to anymore is like the one that's right across from where I work. Cause I can go catch a movie, like in the middle of the day, have a drink and it's never packed because it's like downtown in the middle of the day. Right, right. And we've had that conversation before. I go Monday morning if I want to go see a movie. Uh, and in the last five years, I think I've seen three or some shit like that. I saw uh, basically what the Marvel movies will normally go out and catch those uh, on the first run if we can. And not all of them, just sometimes we miss one or two. Uh, like I didn't see Ant-Man in the theaters or anything like that. I think I saw... Yeah. Um, couple of the Avenger movies in the movie theater in the last five years. It's a very rare thing for us to go. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of the guy that doesn't want to go to the movie theater. Cause I don't want to get arrested. So I'm kind of the same way as Cammy here. 
but more in the fact that like if I'm in a movie and you're distracting me with you incessantly being on a phone or yapping or anything like that, I would end up being the guy that grabs your phone, breaks it in half and throws it down the aisle. Right. Oh, oh, Homelander did say if you have kids, you realize that you don't want theaters to go away completely. I don't understand that statement. What do you mean by that? I would think that having it on demand would actually make it easier for uh, parents of kids because then you could just watch it at home as opposed to trying to corral all the kids up and bring them out to the movie theater, pay for all the tickets and all the ridiculous prices on the refreshments and stuff. Well, um, I, I think part of it also has to do with like the age of the kids. Because once you do get to the age that you can just go drop them the fuck off and not have to deal with them oh, for two or three hours. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, okay. Using it as a uh, babysitting system. Yeah, my mom did that once or twice. We didn't go to. I didn't go to a lot of movies when I was a kid because they were too expensive. Uh, but that has happened once or twice. Normally, she just dropped us off at the Boys and Girls Club for a couple hours so she could do the shopping on the weekend. Sounds thrilling. Um, yeah, that's... Anything you can do to get rid of kids for a while sounds like a plus or just not have them in the first place. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm going for, sir. Oh, well, shit, dude, look at the time. I think it's about time for us to get out of here. Holy shit, that hour went fast. Uh, I'd like to thank the OG Army for showing up. We can't do the show without you guys. Uh, also want to thank my co-host, Big Dalton. Can't do the show without him either. Dalton, you got anything else for me today? Uh, we got a couple things. Today is Wednesday, which means we are growing ever closer to another fight companion. So I will be here this Saturday evening watching a bunch of fights of people that I don't necessarily know much about and a whopping main event of Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian, which just sounds like a goddamn barn burner. Be sure <laughs> to clear your calendars and join us for a bottle of whiskey. The, the high point of your evening. Absolutely. The only other thing <laughs> I can think to close out this Wednesday, since Tenor had to go and, and ride bicycles like the bicyclist that he is wearing bicycle shorts with no ass, <laughs> I leave you with fuck all y'all. <laughs> Everybody have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye. Hey, <laughs>